Welcome to Phillies Talk, the independent podcast from FightinPhillies.com, featuring news and views about Phillies baseball. Now, here's Rich Baxter talking Phillies baseball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk Podcast. It's the longest-running independent show talking all about the Philadelphia Phillies. And great news to talk about this Memorial Day weekend. The Phillies have won back-to-back against the Atlanta Braves uh, in their four-game series. And they might win a series against the Atlanta Braves, everyone. That's that's tremendous news. Got the victory today on Saturday afternoon. Um, a narrow score of two to one. But uh, Zach Wheeler's back, got the win. He's four and four with a 3.60 ERA. And the Phillies really needed him to come through uh, today. And he really delivered with 12 strikeouts. Uh, a season high for him. And uh, like I said, a narrow victory, uh, two to one, one of the slimmest margins you can win a game. But it's a victory. And the Phillies haven't been playing the NL East that much. In fact, prior to going down to Atlanta, we only had three games against the Marlins. Now, that's a crazy schedule, if you ask me. You know, baseball started at the end of March. We went through the whole month of April and almost the whole month of May now. And we've only played the National League East three times prior to this weekend going down to Atlanta. So that's it, it defies logic, really. Uh, we've been playing Colorado seven games already. Uh, But that leaves a lot more NL East matchups for the warmer weather, the better weather. Uh, So maybe we should be happy for that. But um, I'm certainly happy that the Phillies are doing well against the Braves down in Atlanta. I, a couple of weeks ago on my blog at fightingphillies.com, I had written that this will be the test for them. They have four games total in Atlanta. And then they go on to New York to face the Mets, the two top opponents of the Phillies in the NL East. So a couple of weeks ago, I was writing about it and couldn't wait for this to happen. Can't believe it's here already, this series um, with Atlanta and then New York. Uh, But the Phillies don't play on Memorial Day itself, oddly enough, and... um, A little later in this podcast, um, I will talk with a great friend of mine, Mr. Gary Mack, who does a Mets podcast. It's called Mets Musings. And if you listen to this show, you may have heard him on a uh, a Phillies Talk podcast before, or you may be familiar with us because we do a separate show on baseball called the Baseball Talk Radio Show. So if you're in your favorite podcast uh, search area, whether it be Google or Apple podcast, give the baseball talk radio show a listen to and uh, subscribe to it. We would appreciate it. But anyway, I joined Gary on his podcast for Mets musings, talking about the Phillies and the Mets game uh, games coming up three game series. 
and uh, we exchanged uh, notes, so to speak, about certain players and talked about, you know, how each team has been doing, which, you know, if you followed either team, you know that obviously the Phillies haven't been doing that great, but the Mets also have been uh, struggling at times. So they've recently turned it around, as did the Phillies today with that victory, um, bringing them closer to 500 again. And that's what they strive for. They they made that 500 record about eight days ago and then slipped from there. Uh, they beat Charlie Morton today and um, Craig Kimbrell getting his uh, seventh save of the year and his 401st save of his career. So we... We celebrated his 400th uh, save just on Friday evening, Friday night's game. He earned that 400th save. And I think only eight other pitchers in baseball have attained that ranking of 400 saves in a career. And, you know, there were some things written in the press that we might not see a closer uh, a career closer, so to speak, have that many saves anymore from here on in. It, it seems to be a lot of teams do closer by committee, and they don't really commit to one closer most of the time. And, uh, you know, it's just a tremendous accomplishment that Kimbrell did. Of course, he wasn't with the Phillies most of that, but uh, now that he's with the Phillies, we got to celebrate it. So, Sunday's game for the Phillies looking ahead uh, against the Braves. That's going to be a tough matchup. Um, if I had to pick a team that I would favor in this game, it would probably be the Braves. Uh, Spencer Strider, who's having a great year for them, uh, is on the mound for the Atlanta Braves. And the Phillies are placing uh, a young pitcher that came up from um, the minor leagues into this game. Um, He's showing a 3.0 ERA himself. Dylan Covey uh, is going to face Spencer Strider on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening. Actually, it's going to be the ESPN Sunday night baseball game. So, um, again, I hope the Phillies can do well. Crossing my fingers that they can uh, take the series, but. If you ask me, I think Spencer Strider and the Braves maybe have the uh, early um, advantage in this uh, for Sunday night baseball anyway. Then, as I said, the Phillies are off on Monday, Memorial Day. They travel to New York, and they will start that three-game series at City Field uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I was going to go up to... Tuesday's game, but I just can't uh, drag myself up to the New York metro area. The traffic is so, so intense. Uh, it doesn't even make it seem to worth to travel for one game on an evening. You know, I'd rather split it up and go weekend if I could see a couple games uh, if you're going to travel through that traffic. Make it worth your while anyway. But um Phillies and the Mets set to tangle, and um, 
In just a minute, I will be bringing you the nice interview that Gary Mack invited me onto the Mets Musing Show to talk again about how the Phillies are doing. And, um, you know, he was commenting on how the Mets are doing. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, as I said, Dylan Covey going for the Phillies on Sunday, Spencer Strider for the Braves. And looking ahead to Tuesday, uh, Kode Senga for the Mets is the probable starter. He's four and three with a 3.94 ERA on the season so far. But even checking further into um, that series, no pitchers are listed yet for the Wednesday and Thursday um, matchups yet. All to be determined by both teams. So uh, only the Mets have, have sort of said Kode Senga will pitch on Tuesday. So with any luck, we'll see um, a good matchup for that series as well as uh, this is probably one of the latest times that the Mets and the Phillies have met in the season, uh, going into uh, thereabouts June. It's amazing when you consider that, you know, we used to play the Mets 19 times in a season. They cut that down this year because of the fact that the Phillies will play every major league team at least once so that kind of cuts down your schedule that you can do with your national league east foes so um, that's the way the cookie crumbles and that but uh, marvelous victory today for the phils um, they're only two games under 500 right now and these nl east wins are huge Whenever they can beat an NL East team, they're going to move up in the standings uh, tremendously and take care of business. So great victory there. Always better to do these podcasts when the Phillies win. All right. So I'm going to, without further ado, bring in the interview that Gary Mack did with me. And I hope you enjoy the rest of Memorial Day holiday. If you're going for a cookout, uh, barbecue down to the beach, maybe you're at a lake or something, enjoying time away and uh, with friends and family and whatnot. But uh, here's the interview with the great Gary Mack of Mets Musings that I did. Thanks, everyone, and take care. I'll talk to you again after the holiday, and we'll see how the Phillies are doing then. Hello and welcome back to Mets Musings. And joining me this week is my co-host from the Baseball Talk Radio Show and a fine podcast host in his own right at Phillies Talk. It is Mr. Rich Baxter. Rich, great to have you back on Mets Musings. It's always a pleasure to be on Mets Musings. You're one of my favorite podcasts on the internet. We've got a big series coming up this week as the Mets and the Phillies go at it for the first time 
this season. It's it's a long time coming. Yeah, it's it's amazing that the Phillies really haven't had too much um, National League East playing. Uh, I believe this weekend was like one of the first times that the Phillies have played a National League East opponent all year. It's 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 almost crazy. It, it's the end of May. It's Memorial Day weekend, and the Phillies just for the first time are facing uh, an NL East opponent. I think we played the uh, Miami Marlins earlier in the season. They're the only NL East team that the Phillies have played before last night's first game against Atlanta and then the following series, as you said, with the Phillies and the Mets. Yeah, so they're going to they're gonna get bunched together playing the two top teams in the division as we stand right now. And, Rich, odd that they're not playing on Memorial Day. You know, Memorial Day doubleheader used to be a staple in the world of baseball. Now it's kind of not. Even though technically the the Mets and Phillies are playing on Memorial Day, May 31st, but, you know, what's recognized now is the Monday day uh, as the official uh, uh, holiday, and they're not playing on that. But... uh, Rich, uh, Phillies are, how do I put it, like the Mets, they're struggling a little bit this first part of the season, keeping their heads above water a little bit, uh, but but it's been a struggle the first half or the first quarter. Yeah, it's been a, a true struggle. The Phillies are currently um, four games under five hundred as they go into play tonight against the Atlanta Braves are in a four-game series with them. And, yeah, it's been a struggle. I mean, offense at times, pitching certainly, uh, starting pitching has almost deserted this team as well as the bullpen. So if they can start stitching things together, it's amazing. But I think they should be worse than they are, really. They're, They're clinging on, as you said, they're clawing back, but yeah, they are four games under 500 as of Memorial Day weekend here. Yeah, as we record this on Friday evening, the 26th. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the Phillies are 23 and 27, eight and 14 since they won two in a row in Houston on April 28th and 29th. So it, it it's been a, a slug. They've had some injury injuries. Uh, they lost their first baseman early in the season uh, and then lost their second string first baseman and had to make some adjustments from there. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, Reese Hoskins went out before the season started in spring training with an injury. He'll be out the whole year, and it's been a chore to fill his spot. He had a great offensive production for the Phillies and he was counted on for that and you know even though the Phillies did pick up Trey Turner in the offseason they paid him a ton of money he's had a horrendous start for the Phillies Um, they were booing him in Philadelphia the other night really heartily booing him he was uh, doing terribly I think he's um, before tonight's game he was three for 26 with like one home run and three RBIs. And this is a guy that's making a ton of money. And I know it doesn't always equate to how much you make to what you should do, but, I mean, the Phillies fans were expecting a lot more from Trey Turner. 
Uh, of course, your big gun in the lineup, Bryce Harper, started the season on the IL uh, with uh, he had Tommy John surgery at uh, when at the end of last year, I believe, after the World Series. And uh, he is now back, but he's designating hitter again. Uh, though I did read somewhere that uh, he's been playing a little bit first base. You think uh, they will eventually try to get him when he can throw a little bit further? I think he was throwing 60 feet last I read. Uh, if they get him up to 90 or 150, then uh, you think they'll try him out at first base. Yeah, possibly um, down the road a little bit uh, when everything evens out for the Phillies, possibly. No big rush to get him back doing that, in my opinion. Uh, he's a great designated hitter. As you said, his uh, current average as we're doing the show is 342. He hit a bomb of a home run last night. Since he's come back to the Phillies, he's brought a nice spark to the team, obviously. Um He's added that extra threat to the lineup, uh, the batter's lineup. And um, Castellanos has done better, and Schwarber has done a little bit better as well with uh, the addition of Harper back into the lineup. So it's been great for the Phillies. Uh, Pretty good for the Phillies. I mean, Schwarber is not hitting for average, but he's, he's, you know, Schwarber's getting his, uh, hits and RBIs and uh, uh, Marsh in center field is having a pretty nice year as is Castellanos. Like you mentioned, he's hitting a little bit better now. Um, Marsh was really a big find. They got him, I believe last year in a trade with the angels and he's really come into his own with the Phillies. Yes, he has. He's been a great addition to the Phillies and uh great center fielder. And he was injured for a little bit, but he's back. And um, the Phillies need him in the lineup as well. He's been one of the more uh, guys that you could depend on, so to speak, to come through in the clutch. And that's what we've seen so far from the Phillies. They've got a ton of runners in scoring position, but they just can't seem to advance them. So um, they had a threat in Derek Hall. Uh, he was a first baseman. He got injured this year, so he was a long ball threat um, along with Hoskins. So they're on long-term um, ILs. I doubt we'll see either one for the rest of the season, and uh, the Phillies have needed to fill in. Alec Bohm has done a great job, and he's switched up between different positions. They had him at third, but now they're playing Edmundo Sosa that they picked up um, at third a lot. And Alec Bone can uh, go to first sometimes if needed. So, uh, you know, it's been a chore for the Phillies to fill some open spots and uh, injuries, things like that. But like we keep thinking and in Phillies fandom, if they can just gel together and start to produce both offense and defense, we might see a better team because so far it's a little disappointing. You know, it's funny uh, the way you explain it because uh, it, it sounds like the Mets a lot. I mean, um, when they get uh, some runs, the pitching goes south. When the, the pitching is on, they're not hitting. Uh, 
so it, it seems like the teams have the 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 same kind of a problem. Uh, you mentioned before about Trey Turner and uh, getting booed in Philadelphia. A uh, lot of money, and he even admits he's not uh, coming through. Um, you think it's a case of the first year of a big contract? You just want to try to do too much stuff? Probably uh, with him. Um, with Castellanos, last year it was the same thing. Uh, Castellanos got a nice contract. It took him a long time to fall into the Philadelphia way, so to speak. And this year he's been a changed player. He's come out like a ton of bricks uh, on the offense. Totally different player. Uh, much more of a threat. But Trey Turner, I, I sort of, with that kind of money that he got, he got triple the amount that Castellanos got. So you would think in relationship he's... W- one of those superstars of the game. I don't think you can call Castellanos that, but um, I don't know. I, I never was a big follower of Trey Turner in his career. I know he played for Washington and then went over to the Dodgers, uh, but there's a reason why I don't think that the Dodgers wanted to sign him. Um, and they, were known for giving out some big contracts. Maybe they couldn't afford that huge of a contract, but he had a career year with um, L.A. last year, and and they balked on him. So uh, 21 homers and 100 RBIs, which was uh, one of his best seasons in RBIs, not, not for home runs, but combined, he really did well. He was an all-star, uh, silver slugger, and L.A. was... Uh, you know, content with seeing him walk. So Phillies have him now, and uh, they're looking for a little improvement from him. <laughs> they're stuck with him now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As as all the Mets. I mean, we have, you know, uh, uh, Lindor at sec at shortstop, same kind of deal. I mean, he got a big deal, and he just looks bad at times this year. I mean, when he, you know, he's striking out a lot. And looks awful when he does. I mean, fishing for pitches that, my God, a little league guy I don't think would swing at. And, um, you know, you got to tip your hat sometimes to the pitcher. But, boy, he, he's struggling this year. And then he'll go have a game where he'll hit a home run and drive in five runs or something. You know, it, it's weird the way the, uh, the Mets are playing this year so far. But, um Let's talk about the pitching. I mean, we have to talk about the pitchers. Uh, Aaron Nola got a little hit around last night by the Atlanta Braves in a wild game. It went back and forth and back and forth. And finally, uh, Atlanta was able to pull ahead and and hold on and win to beat the Phillies. But um, starting pitching has been a struggle for the Phillies this year. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, of course, we have Zach Wheeler, the familiar to Mets fans, and he's probably been the Phillies' ace over the last two seasons, somebody that you could count on even more a little bit than Aaron Nola. I mean, Nola was the de facto ace of the team before we got Wheeler, um, but right now I would have to say it's Wheeler, even though, 
Um, they're having a very close season so far, both pitchers. Not good, mind you. Um, but Aaron Nola has been victimized by the home run. He's given up 11 home runs already this season. Uh, Zach Wheeler, only four. But, you know, the wins and loss record is where it's at. Wheeler's three and four, and Nola now is four and three. So that was your one-two punch for the Phillies. Um, and that rotation has been kind of ineffective. Aaron Nola with a 4.59 ERA, and Wheeler is sitting at 4.11. So every time they pitch, they're almost giving up at least four runs. Um, and that's that's not going to carry the day for an ace. Another former Met that you have is uh, Taiwan Walker and uh he's struggling as well walker on the mound for the phillies as we're doing this podcast um it's going to be his 11th start of the season he's uh three and two currently um with a 5.79 era so he hasn't been very um good with that era as well giving up six runs it's hard for a team to come back if you're giving up six runs a game. Well, it was a, a bolstered bullpen this year uh, for the Phillies. And we we were kind of excited when we heard some of the names that the Phillies had signed, uh, Craig Kimbrell being one of them. And he's been good. He's sitting on his 399th save currently. He needs one more for 400. So he'll get that pretty soon. But, um, yeah, the, the bullpen as a whole hasn't been very reliable for the Phillies that much uh, so far. We had Gregory Soto, which the Phillies picked up from Detroit on a trade. He's electric. He'll throw 98, 100 miles an hour, but sometimes it's right down the middle of the plate. And like last night with the uh, Atlanta Braves, they took advantage of that and feasted on him. And, you know, he got the loss. So he does... Um, Pitch very fast and electric, but good hitters can catch up with them. So uh, it's been a closer by committee so far. There's no real closer on the Phillies team. It's been um, uh, Dominguez some nights, or Anthony uh, Dominguez, and uh, other nights it's been Craig Kimbrell, and then other nights it's Gregory Soto. So there's really not that stopper of a closer quote-unquote on the Phillies yet that that hasn't happened Alvarado he's been uh out with a uh a left uh elbow inflation uh, inflation listen to me in just watching the news inflammation So it, it it seems like the um, the Phillies and the Mets are very very similar this year. 
for for Mets fans have turned it around in the last seven to eight days. I was watching and I was shaking my head. You know, Met fans are going to be uh, mumbling to themselves when you start losing games and games and games. Um, but they turned it around. So baseball can be like that sometimes. Yeah, they turned it around, but they win five in a row and then they lose two out of three to Chicago, uh, which is, you know, uh, it just seems like they have a habit of uh, um, playing down to their competition. And uh, I don't know, the first inning has been a nightmare for all these pitchers. I got to tell you, they have not been able to get out of the first inning at all. Uh, without giving up a, ho- a home run or or a run, and the home run ball, I mean, it's it's like they're playing in Cincinnati or something or Philadelphia. The home run balls, the the pitching staff. I think uh, the Mets have given up the most home runs uh, as a staff in baseball, and you can't win that way. Yeah, it's very difficult to to do that and yeah the nl east is struggling except for the braves are currently 11 games over 500 31 and 19 as of the time we're doing this podcast and they they hold court there in the nl east next is your mets followed up with the marlins and then the phillies and now next week the two three four teams might juggle themselves a little bit but um I almost kind of prefer it this way. This way, you know, our teams, second, third, and fourth, are still in some sort of race here. Yeah, and, you know, in a way, I I think what happened to the Mets last year is I think uh, the uh, stress of uh, holding on to first place all year I think it just wore them down, and and the because they couldn't shake the Braves at all, and then at the end of the year, the Braves were just able to pass them, or didn't really pass them. They tied them, but they couldn't win that one game, the Mets, and and take the division. So maybe uh, maybe you're better off getting the second or third wild card. Look, uh, what did Philly get the last wild card or the next to last last yeah. year, and went all the way to the World Series. So maybe uh, you're in a race, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's a different kind of race than trying to get to the division lead, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a race where as if you can get into the playoffs, then that's a new season. And mm-hmm. as you said, the Phillies excelled in the playoffs, unlike they did all season, it, it all came together for them. Um, they were just unstoppable. It seemed like, or maybe they had a good run. It was their time. Uh, they played the best of, of most of the teams in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, it's a new season when you get to the playoffs and it's a crap shoot. Yep. Yeah. You could so. be one and done. You could be, uh, you know, you could go deep into the playoffs and, you know, of course it makes it more interesting when your team does go deeper into the playoffs. Right. Well, Rich, I want to thank you for taking your time out this evening and uh, discussing the Phillies and the Mets uh, with me and uh, 
the good people in Mets Nation, then tell them where we can hear you. Okay, yeah, you can check out Phillies Talk Podcast over at my website at fightinphillies.com. That's without the G, F-I-G-H-T-I-N, phillies.com. And, of course, you can listen to the podcast on all great podcast networks, even the baseballtalkradio.com website. So uh, check it out over there as well.